Hello, humans of Earth. It is I, Emily Loveless, and welcome to You'll Have That. It's a podcast about adults going back to school and chickens and death, or sometimes chickens or sometimes death. Yeah, hello. It is now May, which means my finals are over, and I am officially ending my first semester back with a 3-5. I wanted a 4-0. Did I get a 4-0? No. Was that my fault? Yes. (laughs) History was a damned hard class, and I got a B. I'm satisfied with that. I got an A in my super easy class, so, I mean, it really would have been disappointing if I had gotten a B in that, but I ended with an A, so I'm I'm pretty happy. Anyway, two classes, three, five, woohoo! Semester break. I think I start, yeah, summer semester starts in a week. I'll be on vacation when it starts, but that's all right because, you know, I do school on the internet. Not bad. Uh, Speaking of vacations, I'm going to Seattle for a couple of days. If anybody has any really rad tips and ideas on what I should do while I'm there, please get at me. You'll have that podcast at gmail.com. I've been there a few times, so I know all the big hitters, you know, get that space needle and you know sew up a good visit oh ride the monorail or whatever but you know those like cool underground things (laughs) i don't know man if you have an idea let me know um yeah so it's may so i've been uh wearing shorts looking at my legs i talked about this a little bit last time but you know i'm looking around And I'm seeing that I'm not the only person with imperfect legs. And it's making me feel a little bit better. And I think this is a mental health thing. I'm working on getting my legs to look like human legs that I actually enjoy seeing out in the sunshine. I work out sometimes, but uh, I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. Really, I'm trying to get used to seeing some of my own cellulite. When I look in the mirror at my human legs. It's really hard to even say that word cellulite because it's shameful. In sixth grade, a kid told me I had cottage cheese thighs. Maybe it was fifth grade. And I just didn't wear shorts after that for like, I don't know, 15 years? It was a really long time before I wore shorts again. And, you know, I mean, stupid me, not stupid me, but I should have processed that as I got a little older and thought, well, that kid sucks. But, you know, I don't know. I was like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Kids are mean. That stuff sticks. So anyway, if some jerk told you in fifth grade that you have cottage cheese thighs, forget him because he probably has cottage cheese brain now. He's old now, just like us. And uh, you should wear those shorts. It's going to be fine. All right. Speaking of mental health, I think May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which means I should probably try to start meditating again. My mental health is a lot better now that, you know, we're outside a lot and it's sunny. Today we went to my niece's second birthday party and it ruled. There was a bouncy house. If you are depressed, get a bouncy house and just bounce your blues away. You'll bounce and bounce and bounce. You'll feel like a child. You know, it's all in the hips, the bouncing. You know, that is your pivot point. Yeah, you get kind of low in a squat position and you just go for it. It is so fun. 
So I guess this is my call to you to buy a bouncy house and invite me over. Yeah. I don't know. Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, be aware of your mental health, man. Go take some steps. It's really hard when you're in the thick of depression and anxiety. At least that's what I have, so that's what I know. It's hard to actually go out and try to do anything about it because your brain is lying to you and saying you're a piece of garbage. And Or with me, I just get so tired. So tired. And it's like, ugh. I can barely do these basic things to function when I'm in that state. And um, it's like, okay, I have to work out insurance and finding a therapist that's, you know, got a, a closer appointment than like four months out. It's tough, but start somewhere. I started by going to my, um, just my general practitioner, you know, and saying, hey, I have incredible anxiety. And he had a lot of information on it, you know? He recommended a therapist, but he also said he had a good idea of what med might work. And, you know, we talked about some of that basic stuff like getting enough sleep and whatever. All those things you already know you're supposed to be doing. Like eating well, walking around a little, sleeping enough, you know? You already know you're supposed to do those things, but like sometimes you have to be told to do them. But uh, yeah, so anyway, and then, uh, you know, I got on Zoloft and that really helped my anxiety. And that just started with seeing my doctor and it was like, you know, I saw him the next day after I made an appointment request. So it can be easy to get started. It's really not as hard as it seems to like, where do I go from here? Yeah. So anyway, happy mental health awareness month, guys. Summer semester is starting and oh boy, this break does not feel quite long enough, but I'm worried that if I take summer semester off, I'm going to lose momentum and I won't end up going back in the fall. Not because I don't care about this, but because this first semester back went pretty well and it gave me a sense of completion, you know, of satisfaction, like, okay, I did that. And like, I know, well, you just did that, that one semester, you've got to do a lot more. My brain's like, okay, you did a good job. Check that off and move on to something else. That's not how college works, Emily. So I think I have to keep going. I'm going to take one class just to keep the ball rolling and say, okay, you did it once, check off that box again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, then you have a degree. Yeah, I don't know. So I have to do it. Um, Yeah. I also can see that without school, I may fall into some uh, not so great lazy summer behavior. I tend to have a propensity to get addicted to pretty much anything. I'm definitely addicted to my phone and eating too much. Really, like I just, everything, every negative emotion is processed by eating food. It's amazing I don't have diabetes and weigh 400 pounds. Because really, it's like I'll eat a million bowls of cereal and I'll feel sick. And then I'm like, but I just, I got to finish this bowl of cereal. I don't even know where it comes from. I, it's got to be a mental health thing. Yeah. But this happens with TV too. Like I'm, I'm watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a great show about mental health. And... <clears throat> And I just, I want to power through and watch all of it all day. I want to binge it, which sounds silly, like, yeah, binge it or whatever, but can be really unhealthy because I can end up jumping into these behaviors to avoid dealing with the actual complexity of being a person with depression and anxiety, especially like around 
my period around that time when my PMS is bad and I'm very emotional and just very sensitive and I know that's happening it's easy for me to just want to kind of ignore it and disappear into these other things instead of just continuing to live and deal with it in my relationships and it's not the it's not like I'm on heroin or something it's not the worst but it definitely lowers my quality of life there are other things I'd rather be doing than watching tv and when I'm watching tv I'm not doing those things I like gardening I'm not good at it yet but how do you get good at something you do it right so I don't know. I might ban TV for myself for a while. We'll see. But see, then I say that, and this is really how my brain works, feast or famine. You either do it or you do not. You do all of it or none of it, right? If we're cleaning, we are deep cleaning the entire house, and we're going to sort through everything. We're going to wash the walls, or we're like, okay, we're not really cleaning. We're just, you know, doing the dishes, but not actually cleaning the whole kitchen. It's, it's, it's hard to I have to force myself to say, okay, if you are cleaning, you're going to clean this much to live in that space of moderation, which is why I binge eat and binge TV and, you know, I'll get really into exercise for a while and want to go every day super hard. That's not great, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's where I am right now. That's what I'm thinking about today on the podcast I have an interview I did with my mom about a month ago. It's long, but it is so sweet. And there's a lot of practical advice, but it was really nice to have my mom come talk about that time when she was in school when I was a kid, because the way I remember it is so different from what the reality was, I guess. You know, so it's just interesting to hear her perspective on that. And it's a vulnerable thing to come on a podcast and talk to people and be recorded and have your voice and your words just go out so anybody can hear them so I want to thank my mom for doing that and I think you guys are going to enjoy what she has to say she's a really smart lady with two degrees and um yeah enjoy the interview okay good morning mom good morning Daja welcome to my podcast you'll have that thanks today we're going to talk about you okay because you're cool thanks and you've done a lot of school as an adult i have done a lot of school as an adult with kids parenting with bigger kids i guess that's what parenting is is with kids well you get it yes i do get it yeah yeah and working and maintaining a household and both married and not married and yeah like you've got a lot of all of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, I'm really excited that you're talking to me. This is really cool. This is amazing. I love you. I love you too. Okay. So what can you briefly summarize your early higher ed experience? Like what happened when you graduated from high school? So when I graduated from high school, I had a full scholarship to Weber state. Okay. Um, but I, I had been a, I was a really smug, smug student and I didn't have much discipline and I had gotten a lot of accolades in high school for all of my extracurricular stuff. Mm. So when I went to college, it was this big and personal thing. And so even though I had a scholarship, I thought, oh, this is easy peasy. I got this. No, I didn't got that. 
So I lost my scholarship first quarter. And so, um, and my, my parents weren't terribly encouraging. My, one of my parents thought I should just go out and get a job. And so, um, which one? My mom. Yeah. Actually, my dad took a Russian class with me. He did? Yeah, he did. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, so, um, and he was encouraging in that way, but I just, I just wasn't mature enough. So, and there, it was a really tumultuous time. My grandma had died a few months earlier. She was like my best friend. I guess it had been about a year earlier, but it was just, there was just a lot going on. Yeah. You spent a lot of time with your grandma growing up. That must have been tough. It was very tough. And so I just went through, I was, I think I was in a pretty bad depression. So, mm. so then I dropped out of school and moved to New York and got married and had you, which was <laughs> amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> Just kidding. We all know that I have weird self-esteem. It's okay. Okay, <laughs> but on. you have chickens, so you're great. Yeah, they're good. So, um, we had to get chickens in there somewhere today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. And we just talked about death. Exactly. And mental health. Oh, man, we did the whole thing. thing. Well, two minutes in, we're done. No, we're not. <laughs> All right, so, so so then then I moved to New York. Actually, before I met your dad, I tried to do some school at Nassau Community College. Okay. But I was, still wasn't very stable. And then after I met your dad and got married, I tried. We got married and had you. I tried to do some school at Queens College. Still not stable enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Still didn't really know what school is about. And then, um, just got on to living for a while. Then I met my birth parents. Yeah. And my faux birth dad. Yeah, that's a story. We'll get there one day. Yeah, one day. Um, encouraged me, strongly encouraged me to go back to school. So I did some time at the University of Utah. But I just never, I didn't have a model for Mm -hmm. higher education. And, and my mom was still very discouraging she would constantly rag on me about how I was ignoring you and I was selfish and anyway. So after your sisters were born, I realized that at some point I was going to have to be the breadwinner. And this was, well, I was married to my second husband and, um, so I realized I was going to have to be the breadwinner. So I went back to school and I had also gotten really interested in finance and accounting because I'd worked for Zion's Bank. That's oh, yeah. The... How long did you work for the bank? Mm, I'd have to think about it. I think it was two plus years. It wasn't very long. Really? Yeah. It felt like a super long time. Yeah, well, it's because you were little. Yeah. yeah. Time passes slowly when you're young. Yeah. But it was just enough to, because I was reading, you know, financial statements. It was just enough to get me hooked. So that's when I went back to school. And, um, and then my second husband walked out. Yep. And I thought, uh, once again, I'm going to have to drop out. But I didn't. But you didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I remember one day standing in front of my closet and looking at my clothes thinking, okay, which outfit am I going to wear for my professional interviews for the job that I'm going to have to take? And then I got really mad and I said, no. I'm not doing that. I'm going to show these kids what it is to get through school. 
And I did three part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. I called people I knew and said, we're going to be starving. I need work. And um, I worked as a professor's assistant for three different people. This is the importance of building a relationship from the start with the people around you is that you were able to go to these people and say, I'm in this dire situation. Can you please help me? Right? Yeah, it's hard because there's like, it feels like there's a power imbalance. And there is because these are your professors. Yeah. But they're also invested in you. I mean, they really want you to succeed. And so, so I went to one professor, um, my business law professor, and I said, I need work. He said, I just don't know if I'm going to have an assistant next semester. But he worked on it because he knew me and he knew how I was and we'd had a sufficient level of interaction that I could call upon that. Is that Dean McDermott? No, that was um, Jim McDonald. Jim McDonald, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, and then Dick McDermott. Dick McDermott. Yes. Close. Yes, who is a great cost accounting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, knew my potential. Oh, and I also worked as a supplemental instructor in managerial accounting. I remember this. Because I had had, I had Lois Ann Cattleman, and she knew my level of competency. And so by, I was able to go to them and just be honest about my situation, which was tremendously hard, but you just have to do oh, it. Yeah. You have to. And you have to say, I'm a person, I need help. I'm trying to do this thing. And people want to help you. They yeah. do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it was. You put in the time already. Like, I think there's some people can show up to class and not really invest in that relationship with their professor. But you have to invest in it if because you're going to need something eventually, right? And people want to help you, but they're not going to help people they don't... They're not as inclined to help people they don't know very well, right? Well, I think... You, you can't think of school in, in these classes, even though they're temporary, you can't think of them as transactional. I know a lot of people are like, you just got to get the piece of paper. And you do. It's yeah. true. You got to get the piece of paper. But you also, I think, it's it's a journey. It's just a journey. And you have to, like, go with other people along that. And so it's relational, mm-hmm. too. And so you just have to just be honest about what you're doing. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So you went balls to the wall, doing school, oh, working yeah. a bunch of jobs. Yep. You had scholarships at that point, right? Because how did you pay for this? I started out with grants. Okay. I did have grants, I think, most of the way through. Like FAFSA? What do you... Pell Grants? Pell Grants, I think. It's been a while. I can't okay. remember. Pell Grants, but I applied for every damn scholarship out there. Every single thing I could apply for I did how did you find out about those scholarships okay I went to the non-trad student center okay. and to the I can't remember what it's called at Weber State the women's center okay. so and they oversaw a bunch of scholarships for women so basically look at who whatever you are if you're a veteran go to the veteran center if you're a non-trad student go to the non-trad student center and ask right these specialized groups right. that are there to help you and you have to stay unbelievably organized because you have to stay on top of deadlines and you know keep a keep a bank of information about yourself so you know don't be afraid to just like cut and paste and cut and paste and like tailor but you do have to tailor you know like the reason I need this scholarship is because and then tell all the wonderful things about yourself and don't be afraid to brag on 
what you've done a little bit. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Because they need to know, right? right? Like you're making an investment in a, in a competent person. Like this is an investment. I think yeah. maybe um, it might help some people to have a loved one start writing that for them, right? And get the ball rolling, do you think? Because sometimes it can be really hard to talk about yourself. It is hard to talk about yourself. It was really hard for me. I'm trying to think who helped me. I think I think it helped to immediately have these people in my corner. Just if you work your tail end off and your professors know that, they also can just write a lot of good stuff about you. Oh, yeah. You'll get yeah. recommendations, right? Right. And then that's easier if someone, if you go to them first for like a letter of recommendation, then you go, oh, yeah, that's true. I did do that well. Okay. You know, so... One thing um, I learned at Hannah's college prep parents class, whatever, is that you have to start saving everything and that you should be keeping a list because you're never going to remember every single thing that you did or where you succeeded. But you're going to have to tell people about it, like for scholarships and stuff, right? And so you should be keep, you should have a file somewhere that's like, Your I did this stuff, you yeah. know, right? So you're not forgetting well, it's also easy to underestimate the thing that you did. Oh, and, yeah. And be like, well, of course, everyone can do that. But you have, I mean, everyone has their own unique talents. And so, you know, what seems easy for you, like, oh, that doesn't seem very remarkable, can be really remarkable when you tell your story. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, and I think, beautiful Daja, right. I think that's easy for you. I mean, it's easy for you to underestimate you. And I say that as your very proud, adoring mother. Don't pull that face at me because your listeners aren't going to see it. It's, oh, oh okay. wait. Is podcasting an audio medium? It is. Not a visual one? No. I was pulling a face. I know. But seriously, you are pretty remarkable. Yeah, your daughter and I talked about you. We won't goo all over for your listeners, but everyone needs to... You're right. It's helpful to have a relative or someone say here's what you're remarkably good at because it's because if you're good at the thing it just seems easy it yeah it's unremarkable did you hear you guys my mom loves me haha ha. my mom loves me <laughs> it's just such an unusual thing <laughs> wow <laughs> well thank god for that <laughs> oh man yesterday my dad was texting me these like nice flattering things and i was like I can rule the world. And I'm like, wait, this is going for my father. <laughs> okay, let's put it in context. Right? <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean he's wrong. But I think it is, like, helpful to have people point out yeah. your your strengths. Because, yeah, it's hard to see them because, oh, that's easy for me. Right. Oh, and you have to not get caught up in it's easy for me so it doesn't count, right? Exactly. Because I get caught up in that, too. Like, well, I didn't have to really try very hard. This is something I'm good at, so I don't get to talk about it. Yeah, like your recent paper where you were sure that you had cheated because you got an A. Oh, yeah, that was weird. I really thought I cheated the professor somehow, even though, like... You did buttloads of work? Yeah, tons and tons of research. Yeah. And I was like, but... I must have fooled him somehow. Like, not even cheated, but, like, I tricked him into thinking this is good. How demeaning for that professor, right? Like, oh, you're right. stupid. You gave me an A. What a dumb, you know? Yeah, but it's also demeaning to you. It oh, de yeah. It devalued the work that you did. I can so. demean myself all day, though. Come yeah, on. Yeah, well, but let's not do that. Yeah, let's not. You're going to need all the accolades for your scholarship <laughs> application. I know. 
I'm starting to look at scholarships and I'm like, oh boy, you gotta get, that's a lot of work. It's like another it's a three job. credit hours or something it is. a it's week, a, right? It is. It's school on top of school. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And so, like, going through with you guys, I absolutely had to do that yeah. or we weren't going to survive. Right, yeah. Right. How do you pay your mortgage, right? Right. I did have a mortgage, which was also really remarkable. And I was, it was at a time when they were giving liar loans. Oh, man. Yeah, I was just really lucky. <laughs> so, so, but... Yeah, I mean, I had to feed you guys. How old were you when you went back to Weaver? 33. Man, a lot of people, like, early 30s, that's when it happens. Well, it's like, because you have the, you, you, your brain is formed at that point. Yeah. Yeah, like, your brain's no longer plastic, and then you realize, oh, wait a minute, Oh, I can do this now. I can do this now. I have to do this now. I have to do this now, right? Yeah. Yeah, like time is marching on. Yeah. Man, you were tired all the time. You were so tired because you were working so hard, and you had to just give up sleep to get everything done, and you were just tired. Oh, I was mean, too, because coffee makes me mean, and remember, I drank so much coffee. (laughs) You say that, but I don't think you were mean. Do you remember when I would try and pay you to watch your sisters for an hour so I could nap? Yeah, you'd be like, please, I'll give you a week's worth of allowance. I just want to take a nap. And I'd be like, done. You guys are watching TV for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll, quote, watch my sisters. No, just watch them watch TV. Make sure nobody's bleeding or burns down the house. I'm just yeah. going to take a nap. Yeah, I just need some sleep. My poor mom. Oh, man, I used to... Oh, I don't know how I did it because I would do full on bedtime. You remember that? Yeah. We do the full on bedtime stories and full on dinner. I was. It was just really important to me that you guys had some cohesion and that we had a meal together, and that everything wasn't sacrificed for my education. Well, I think it was really important too because um, you were single parenting us, and but you wanted it to feel. You wanted to make sure we knew that even though there wasn't like a father figure in the mix that we were still a family. Right. And so I remember this being super important to you that like, we are still a family, even if things shift a little bit. And I think that was part of it. Don't cry. I'm not crying. Oh, okay. I thought I saw your nostrils flare. That's your, (laughs) that's your tell, like your poker face. You keep those nostrils down. (laughs) But yeah, like holidays and stuff, you were like, we're having a celebration here because we are still a family and we can still have family traditions and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think you maintained that thread all through school and that must have been really, really hard because it's really hard for me to even like, ah, crap, we all have to eat dinner together? All right. We're all eating um, just peanut butter out of a jar, but we're doing it at the table, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but that's all it was. It was like chicken nuggets, fish sticks, you know, it was all frozen prepared stuff that I would chuck in the oven and you know okay I guess we have to have a vegetable in there somewhere okay baby carrots with ranch dressing you know it's weird though is I just remember like I remember the meals that were cooked I don't remember that part yeah I don't remember I I guess I did like like stir fry and whatever oh yeah I used to make a lot of stir fry you remember you thought that was really exotic you're like ooh. We were the family who ate stir Dude, fry. It was exotic, but then when I grew up, meatloaf was exotic because we weren't the kind of family that <laughs> ate like meatloaf, you know. So like, yeah, so but you, you just mush it all together. 
but it's it's weirdly good. I, I don't get this. <laughs> you know. Well, you remember you asked me, Mom, why did we eat so much stir fry when we were growing up? You must have really loved it. And you remember my it was cheap because I could use cabbage and white rice uh-huh. and just a little bit of chicken, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was a big meal and it went a long way. Yeah, yeah. we ate a lot of um, pasta with pesto and broccoli. Yeah. Maybe some chicken. Yeah. A lot of stir fry and a lot of rice and beans. But when Hannah was little and I was poor, we ate a lot of those things too because that's what I learned to make. And right. it was cheap. cheap. <laughs> yeah. It's cheap, right? Yeah. yeah. I still felt cooler than everybody, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, man. So how many years did it take for you to graduate once you started back in your early 30s? Well, after I had accumulated all those various credits, some were accepted, some were not. How many did you start with, like, when you were transferring to Weber? Do you remember about how I far in you were? I think I maybe was a semester and change in. Maybe a semester, a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe even a year. I'm not sure. Somewhere between a semester and a year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and it was important to me because I finished all of my gen eds first. I was very deliberate about that because I wanted my associates in case something happened mm. and I couldn't finish. I was really deliberate about making sure I got my associates. Okay. And I was deliberate about getting an associate of arts so that I could capture my foreign language stuff. And that, so then I graduated. Let's see. I started when your twin sisters were seven or eight months old. Oh, barf. That's a terrible know, time to go back to school. It was a terrible time. I don't know what I was thinking. I was scared. I was yeah, scared. you saw the end saw, of something coming yeah, in. I did. I saw the end of the marriage coming yeah. not too long after it started. So, um, so yeah, I started in 99 when they were, the year they were born, and I graduated December of 2002 with my accounting degree. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, three years. So, you went, you went full-time plus, though, some semesters. I went, I think I only took one summer off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went, in my first semester back, I took 17 credit hours. Let me just say, listeners, don't do that. Yeah, that's Especially if you're a non-trad student with responsibilities. The the girls were tiny, and I was, oh, you talk about lack of sleep. There was just none. There was no sleep. I don't know how you were able to actually, like, process that information because when Solly was and with Hannah when she was little and I have terrible sleepers they're not great sleepers I just can't think I can barely function I can barely like get through I'll, I'll have to I had an acronym DLT PBD which was dishes laundry trash pick up which was pick up like the house get dressed and make the bed and like I could if I checked off all those things things were reasonably okay in the house and I didn't have to think about it but that wasn't with school or anything that was just being fatigued right and so like I don't know how you actually processed information and got A's and stuff is what I'm saying (laughs) well I mean it makes it sound like I was superhuman but remember we had the phenomenal gift of my mom and my aunt who were around like pretty much 24 7 yeah so I had on the spot daycare anytime I needed it came with a lot of emotional baggage but you got it yeah so practical help I had 
I guess that's true. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. I'm just thinking about this. Well, so then you were awesome and you graduated and you did not stay in accounting very long after graduation. Actually, I've never done accounting. Oh, really? Yeah. The only time I've really done accounting is my most recent job that I left. Oh, yeah. At the church. At the church. So why? Why didn't you do any accounting after? What happened? Okay. So towards the end of my undergraduate career, I was working with Dick McDermott, who also ran a, he did scholarships for single moms. Okay. And they did a big banquet. And you know, I've done a lot of nonprofit yeah. volunteering and they did a big banquet every year. And, and it was important to the people who are doing the banquet that, that all single moms being, um, receive some sort of, um, gift or some kind of something to make them feel good. So I did a lot of fundraising and got, went out and got donations and got all this stuff and, and, and then it got noticed. And so the Dean of the school of business came to me and said, maybe you'd be interested in doing, you know, fundraising for the university. Oh yeah. And because I was the commencement speaker Mm -hmm. On the day of graduation, I sat with the head of the development office and with the president. And I also had some friends who were big donors to the university. Tom and Nancy Davidson, who were friends. And they were at commencement. Because Tom, I think, was on the board of regents. And so just by knowing people, it was like... I interviewed for that job and got it in funds development with the intent to continue to do my MBA. Oh, you did do some of your MBA, yes. right? Yes. Talk I was, to me about that. It was hard. It was how, hard. How long after you graduated did you start that? Immediately. Oh, so like next semester you Next were semester going. I was going MBA. Okay. And that would tell, so that was at the Layton Weaver campus, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. And we were living in Washington Terrace? Still? Um, yes. And then, and then we moved to Clinton. That's right. While you were doing the MBA program? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. So how long did you stay with it and what happened there? So, um, I stayed with it. Oh, I had a couple of hiccups because I was trying to work Mm. at this new job and there were a lot of, the, the university had a lot of events and stuff that required me to be out in the evening and... It was just a lot of, that was really a lot of juggling. That was way more than I could manage. And then, so I had some hiccups and then, and then this beautiful thing happened in my life. I got this call in the middle of my finance class one Wednesday evening when I was at school and my gorgeous daughter said to me, mom, I'm pregnant. You were still in school at that point? I was. Man, I didn't realize that. Yes. I called you from the bathtub. Yes, and I was in the middle of my class, and before you could even get the words out, I knew what you were going to tell me. Yeah, I was kind of in that danger zone. Yeah, but you know what? Then I, uh, that was the point at which I said, this is no more. Really? Yeah. I said, this is dumb. I said, I can't. My children need me. They've had to sacrifice too much for too long, and this is like, stop. 
So, because I couldn't, I didn't know what I was going to do with it anyway. And I just thought, this is dumb. I'm not doing this. You have those moments sometimes of real clarity, right? Something happens and you're like, oh, oh. well, and you, pro- you already had some feelings that you were maybe trying to work through. And then these things happen and you're like, oh, well, duh, that's, I have to make this choice or this choice. I already knew which choice I needed to make and now I'm going to make it, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. This and, makes sense. And I have to tell you that, you know, I know there's a lot of push to get a, a degree, yeah. but you, you know, I have very mixed emotions about that now. Like whether I should have gone through school with you guys, I missed a lot of stuff, you know, it's just hard. It's hard. It's just, it's just hard to be a non-traditional student. There's just no two ways about it, you know, because you have guilt. Oh, so much guilt. So much guilt. So much guilt. I still have so much guilt, you know, but at the same time, it's like, it's such a good model for your children to see, you know, and if that's what they want to do with their lives, you want them to see that it can be done. You know, it's just, it's just a really mixed bag. So. It is a mixed bag. Like, I mean, right after, oh, not right after, but, um, let's see. Okay. So about a year after that then is when I got my GED, right. And went back to school yeah. at Slick and I did my first ever semester as a slick student and that semester went really well that very first one that was awesome I didn't realize though that that's when that you quit you quit the MBA program right then and then I started a year later and then I left Hannah's dad mid that semester and moved in with you Mm -hmm. and was trying to do school again but I couldn't figure out how to do it and with Hannah and with being an adult it was like a really difficult weird time it was one of my false starts do you know what I mean oh yeah let's count them I don't want to count them no, please I'm god ca- no I'm <laughs> counting mine not yours oh my god, I'm not ready for <laughs> this Weber State College back when it was still a college Nassau Community College Queens College University of Utah finally Weber State Right, yeah. Okay, so, so, you know, no judgment here. We all have false starts, and some of us, some of us didn't get good models to start with. Yeah. Yeah, and so we had to, we have had to work our way through. One thing that going back has taught me about Hannah's future and how I interact with what she wants is that um, the pressure can be taken off. Right, because we can all go back to school in these different ways and do what we want eventually. She doesn't have to, like, I don't have to needle her to get perfect grades all the time. Even if I know she can, and I know that she could, like, get scholarships and X, Y, and Z. Worst case scenario, Hannah just graduates as a normal kid with an an average GPA and is mentally healthy and then goes to somewhere like Slick. And then... You know, and that's great. You know what I mean? Like, and so I don't know. This has taken off a lot of the pressure I was putting on her. I think. I think I was definitely, probably, most likely channeling some of my fears into her performance. If that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. How many times did I harp on you? It's just it's hard as a parent because you see like, well, I did this and that sucked. That was right? super hard. Don't do it that way. But you can't. You can't. You can't. You just have no. to like. Try and gently nudge. 
Well, you already know. I think you interviewed Dr. Dad. I did. So you already know what we both think about that. Because Dr. Dad went to Wichita State. Yeah. Which is like Weber State. I mean, good, solid state school. But not a Harvard, not a Yale, you know, not even UCLA. I mean, this, this is just a good, solid state school. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's got a Ph.D., I've got two undergrad degrees. I, I mean, mean, we just all, it's just like looking at your definition of success and re-examining and redefining that, right? Yes, and it's okay to not go to school, too. It is okay to not go to school, I say robotically. Yes, yeah, she's saying robotically because you listeners, she wants you to know that it is important to go to school. If that's what you want, mom is saying. But not everybody has to go to school. Okay. Okay. Your podcast can be um, called, Hey, You Don't Have to Go to School. If you don't want to. <laughs> if you don't want to. <laughs> With Elizabeth. <laughs> Let's talk to some people who don't want to go to school today. <laughs> Sally, do you want to go to school? No, I hate school. I want to be schooled at home. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. I mean, it's just it's such a personal thing. There's so much pressure. And the irony is when you get to the other side of it all, like my age, and your kids are raised, you look back and you go, what was all that frenetic energy about? <laughs> and and you realize, I mean, you know we're living in 684 square feet. Mm-hmm. A single wide mobile home trailer built in 1968. But we pretty much live in paradise. As my neighbor says... It looks like a movie set. I know. You always make every space so pretty. Like, every home you live in should be in dwell. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you, sweetheart. You're very nice. It's true, dudes. But, you know what I mean? It's like, you get to the other side, and like we're living in a trailer, right? My husband has a PhD. He's a retired professor. You have two bachelor's degrees. Right, and some graduate work. Life just doesn't ever look like... It just what you think it will look mm-mm. like, even with careful planning. It's like, where did I read this? I can't remember where I read it, but you have a kid and you think, okay, person one and person two, this is going to be like half and half. This is going to be like person one and a half, right? Right. But it's not. This is person three. They're a third other thing. They're not more one or two. They're three. They're their own track. And that's what life is like too, right? Like, right. okay, well, I made these plans. This is how it's going to end up. No, it's option three. You didn't, this is not what you planned for, you know? Couldn't even see it on the horizon. I think I I really feel like I want my kids to go to school because, um, to gain some kind of financial security because it was so hard to not have a degree and find a job where I could be a, a single mom and... You know, and, like, I don't, I hope my kids aren't in that same situation, but there's just, like, there's a, I don't ever want my kids to, and, like, in college, of course, you don't have financial stability, but I want them to be able to gain that in their mid-20s, and so they don't have that kind of stress, because that's a a horrible kind of stress to have. Financial insecurity, it's just terrible, and so that's really, that's really what I'm aiming for. Like, um, Hannah should rightfully be an artist. She is an artist. She makes art all day. I have beautiful. boxes and boxes and boxes of art of Hannah's, you know, right. and a beautiful art. She's talented. But I need her to, and we've talked about this, she needs to be able to live also. Right. 
and I, and anyway, so blah, blah, blah. I just really want my kids to go to school so they can, you know. Well, there are two reasons why I think. Eat food and <laughs> wear clothes and stuff. And like, you know. You set a pretty high bar, my friend. <laughs> have health insurance. <laughs> oh, health insurance is another whole thing. But let's talk about that for a minute. Because it is important. Those things, like, you know, I believe in the Aristotelian ideal, right? You have to have a certain amount of health. Yeah. Yeah. Security, financial security, and sufficient clothing, sufficient rest, sufficient food, and then you can springboard from that, right? Yeah, well, it's like the hierarchy of needs. It's been restated here and there forever, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah, so you have to have that. Otherwise, they're not going to be happy. Exactly. But you also want your kids to have whatever options they want for themselves, which also means education. Yeah. But also education in and of itself, and you know Dr. Dad probably said this too, is that it changed me. It changed me as a human. It changed my understanding of the way the world works. It changed my understanding of who I was in relationship to other people. And you saw this recently. You're like, you're like, um, there's some real idiots here. It's like, yes. And you know what? There are, I've seen a lot of idiots who have a lot of pieces of paper on their wall. And they're still idiots. And they're still idiots. Yes. But what it does, I think, is... You know, it exposes you to all these ideas, too. So so even though I never really used my accounting degree, I mean, I still, there are a lot of things I learned from that journey to figure out who I was. So, you know, when I say you don't have to go to school if you don't want to, it's really a good idea because it changes you. It broadens yeah. you. If you invest in it, if you do it as a transaction... That's why I don't agree with, this is going to sound terrible and not to diss on anyone, but I don't agree with the schools where you just sign up to crank out an assignment to get the piece of paper. It's a journey. And it and that's why it's so hard to do when you're non-trad, because yeah. you're trying to invest in that journey, but there are so many things that demand your attention. Right, because you have all of these deep investments like your family and you probably are working and you've got school and like all of these things take so much. It's so, I mean, we talk about like working parents and their struggle to have one foot here and one foot here. Right. And then like, where's your third foot coming from? That's not a dirty joke. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But also you say you never used your accounting degree. I'm going to practically, if something happened, you still have that degree. You could go get a better paying job with better benefits, hypothetically, because you have that degree. Do you see well, what I mean? Yeah, and it got so, me my last job and I made good money out of it. Exactly. And so right. I still think, like, um, I, it just, yeah. Right, like I would never, I, I could, the people at that job were much more generous to me because I was able to straighten out the accounting of the church as opposed to just being, like, an office manager, well, and there are a lot of positions where you could learn on the job and you could get it, but you don't have access to that job without some kind of degree. You That's know, it. there are a lot like, of positions where, like, they don't necessarily need experience, but you have to have any undergrad. Right. Any just, bachelor's degree. Just a degree. And so I see it as, like, another, like, it's like a retirement fund in a way, right? Like, it's a lot of investment over a long time, even if you don't use it right away, though. If an emergency happens, I think about this all the time because anytime like Austin's late from 
work and I can't get a hold of him, I start looking at like the news sites and I'm like, okay, so there was a terrible fiery crash and now my partner is dead. Yes, there will be emotional fallout, but how am I going to pay the mortgage? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. So it's like, it's hard for me to, there's death again. But Austin did have cancer when we were first married. Yeah. He did probably nearly die, so it's not an unreasonable fear. That's one of the reasons that I want my degree, just in case, you know? Well, I do think that, and we're we're obviously different generations, even my generation, if you came out of high school with a pretty good record... You could still, at that point, in the 80s, still get a reasonable job. It may not have been the most exciting job, but, like, I could have gotten a job at Hill Air Force Base. Yeah. And probably had a reasonably decent standard of living for the rest of my life. But this generation, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think it's more difficult. I think that those positions still exist, but there's more competition for them. I agree. Well, and we could go on all day about the stratification of uh, yeah, the workforce yeah. and, and polarization of, of you know, the demographics of America and anyway. But that's for your other podcast. Yeah, I'm not having a podcast, but I'm glad you were. Demographic chat. Stratification sphere. <laughs> you know? Stratographics. Stratographics space with Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> so, we've talked about it, we've touched on it a little bit, but you do have two bachelor's degrees I do and I know that you lived so you moved to North Carolina with um your husband Brian and that didn't work and you moved back and then you started this bachelor's degree right is that timing right yes okay yeah your listeners are going to hear that I haven't had the most stable marital history which is true hey man you know what whatever what is it you call me the serial monogamous yeah yeah that's your other podcast. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ugh, I've given you too many to work on. You can just pick one and go from there. I really like the don't go to school one because it's brief. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah, so, so wait, how old were my sisters at this point? Because they were little babies nine. and toddlers, and then they were nine at this point. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit easier. It was easier. I blew through as fast as I could do it. Um, because I had already ha- I already had a degree from Weber State because I already had my associates, which, you know. Okay, yeah. So you just have two more years again or something. Well, except that, that that they, it's only whatever the the department requires, and I think it was like, it wasn't a huge amount. It was like fifty credit hours or something. I can't remember. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like less than half of a another degree. Oh. So I just went through and I did 12 credit hours that summer, which again, listeners don't do 12 credit hours in the summer. Not in the summer, man. Not with a compressed semester. It was four weeks of just sheer hell. Four weeks? I think it was four weeks. It was just so, I remember I stayed up all one night for my Victorian lit class because I was doing technical writing in English and I had to take a lit class or multiple lit classes, but the one that I took was Victorian lit, and I stayed up all night writing a paper about Dracula. Dracula. And I was so exhausted the next day, and I was so loopy, and I still had to take an exam, and I was just, oh, don't, like, don't do that. Don't do that. It was that. crazy. That was crazy. So that was my second degree, and then I, then I continued through. And that time, I didn't walk or anything. I just wanted the piece of paper. I didn't care about anything else but I was lucky and 
again, because of one of my relationships with the professor, I ended up being the managing editor of the Weber Journal. Yeah, that was a cool job. I got to do like um, transcribing for you. Oh, that's right. Interviews. That was really fun. I would be um, if anybody has a transcription job where you interview somebody cool and it's an interesting interview and you want someone to write it all down. Hit me up. (laughs) That's right. I'll listen to cool stuff and write it down all day. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a cool job because I did a lot of layouts and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And interacted with authors and yeah, that was a fun job. That was a super fun job. Yeah. 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 And you had a cool weird boss. Oh, Michael Woods is the best. Yeah. Shout he, out to Michael. He would give you experiment food. <laughs> right? <laughs> like weird breads and stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. Michael was great at making breads but he it, it, i'm misremembering uh, then no some of it was some of it was just like more german flavors i think than you were accustomed to uh that's probably yeah, it yeah. yeah oh yeah michael was also the one that helped us go to germany <gasps> oh yeah. yeah that's another podcast that's a different podcast but he was cool he would give people presents on his birthday which is something i've always wanted to start doing is instead of collecting presents give people presents on my birthday i forgot about that that's a really cool thing, I think. Yeah, like, I think we're getting off track here. Happy my day. But that's part of the fun of a podcast. You can sidetrack a little bit. So, oh wait, but this is cool though. This is another side of adults going back to school is if you go back and you get a degree that you're not necessarily excited about or you start a career that you're not really happy in, explore your alternatives and see if you can go back for, you know, a few more semesters and get a different degree, right? Maybe like something about working this job you didn't like, but it sparked a passion in this other area. It might still be a possibility to go get a second bachelor's degree and start that again. Like you don't have to be stuck in one place, even though you already went through all of this, right? I agree wholeheartedly. So So that's like another side of going back to school. It was. And what I found was what's interesting is, is I, okay. So when I was TAing, I also helped I helped Jim McDonald edit something that he submitted to the Harvard Law Review. I helped Dick McDermott with two of his books that he wrote. Oh, yeah. I did some ghost writing for some people. I, it, I, I started looking at it. I'm like, wow, I've been doing a lot of editing and writing for somebody who's not an editor or a writer. And it dawned on me that, that I was pretty good at it. And that, that was really interesting to me. So, yeah. And then at my last job, I did accounting and communications. So I wrote all of the newsletters, all of the church communications, oh, everything. Yeah. So it sounds like a cheesy job, but it was actually really intense and required a lot of high-level professional skills. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So so anyway, so yeah, that's, that is good. But you have to check with your financial institution. I mean, your, not your financial institution. I don't know what your I'm saying. Education. Your, your educational institution. But it is a possibility. It is a possibility. And I think most schools will let you go back and not do quite as much work to get a, a second degree. Probably the time frame matters, too, how long it's been exactly. since you. And so, but I mean, in this case, if you really hate it, hate your whatever job you're, you've decided to whatever field you've decided to go into because that happens a lot of people end up we talked about this uh last week but a lot of people end up not working in the area where they have their degree i would guess i don't know the percentages but i guess it's i'm thinking it's pretty low especially when you have non-technical fields let me talk for a minute about technical fields because i have to tell you i was looking at 
a tech school yesterday and I thought if I had to go back and do it again, I might actually go into a tech field. Oh, really? Like what? You know, when I was young, I thought about going into being an electrician. I didn't know that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's cool. No, there was a female electrician at the... Um... My brother, my brother, and me podcast recording the other day. Oh, fun. She was like my age, and she's like, how do I get taken seriously at Home Depot? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, babe. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, that's You can make like, money being an electrician, man. You can make a ton of money. I highly recommend the book, The Millionaire Next Door. It's, oh, uh, yeah. it's probably 15 to 20 years old now, but it really does talk about how people in tech fields can make a ton of money in like just blue collar fields. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like going back to school doesn't necessarily mean going back to get an associate's or a bachelor's. Like it can be going to get certification in something. Right. If my kids did that, that would be fine too. Yeah. Please just have some kind of living. Right. Exactly. And yeah. then you can do your art. Yeah. Until you're settled with your art and then you can just do your art. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think the long and the short of it is that it's just always unfolding. Everything is always unfolding. So what works now may not work later. Going to school right now might work, but it might not work in a little while. And then you have to go back and revisit it when something else changes or you're going to school right now. And and then like your beautiful daughter tells you that you're expecting a grandchild and then you figure out that, that, that that's way more important to you. It just doesn't matter. She has a pretty cute grandchild. Oh, gosh, she's adorable. But we could go on all day about that, too. Oh, we'll sweet little baby nanas. Let's be such gooey, gooey podcast. I know. And you can look back at your life and see points where you had to make a change or the choice you were trying to make didn't work then and why it didn't work. I don't know. Being in school now has allowed me to, and this is, like, really hippie whatever but like forgive myself for a lot of my past educational failures because I look back and say and can see like oh boy like wow I really there was no way I could have done that or if I if I did that that would be like you know now congressional medal of honor Nobel prize goes to Emily for like not messing up in this really stressful <laughs> time right you know and like you don't have to be that perfect person yeah that's the thing too I push myself way too hard and that stress fil filtered down to you guys. I don't know, man. Kids always so. feel your stress, even if it's minor. I know. They know. My dog always feels my stress. Bean always feels my stress, too. Yeah. You have a really cute dog, Jack. I He's do. like Jack. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, but he doesn't like to be cuddled with. No. And he doesn't like NPR because I get too stressed out. <laughs> so, would you please turn it off? Exactly. Go on a news fast. Austin's on a news fast. My doctor recommended a news fast. Really? Yeah, because it was giving me anxiety. Yeah. And he's like, you don't ha you if something big happens, you'll know. Right. It's you, just you being in the world, it. you'll yeah. get it. You don't have to look at the day-to-day, -day, like, right. 10 people got murdered in West Valley yesterday. Like, oh, I don't really need to keep the body count, you know? <laughs> well, that actually goes to two of your topics. Mental health. And death. And school. Because when I was in school, it was like I was completely news illiterate. Like, something's got to go, right? Something has to go, right? yeah. Laundry or news? Laundry. Yeah, you right? got to do the laundry. Right. Children in your face or study? Children, then study. Right, yeah. Right. Or put the children in front of the TV so you can study. Right. You remember we had an awful lot of picnic dinners, quote unquote. Yeah, but that was so fun. Yeah, but it was fun for you guys, but for me it was study time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh man. So sometimes people have to bring their kids to class. Yeah. You didn't, I would never have expected you to bring the twins because how would you learn anything? But I went to class with you at least once. Oh, you did? I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, but you were older. Here's a comparison. Hannah went to class with Austin once. which Maybe she's been more than once, but she asked intelligent questions, and the professor really loved having her there. When I went to class with you, I fell asleep and started snoring, and you were humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, we were in the front row. And yeah, I, I think, think it, it, was business was... Law. it was business law. Maybe. Was it Dick McDermott's, one of his classes? No, I think it was jim mcdonald's business law class now that this is all coming out yeah and i like i was just like such a you know dickhead teenager i'm like oh boring fall asleep i start snoring <laughs> and you're like wake up like you're drooling all over me and you're snoring like i thought this was gonna you know open your horizons but it's nap time i guess i never took the twins to class but you remember i uh getting them to the preschool at the oh university yeah, we yeah. talked about this. Like, yeah, like, so in the car, we drop you off at school. Uh-huh. And then Maddie and Katie in the back seat with me balancing a bowl of oatmeal in my lap and at stoplights applying mascara and eyeliners so that I would look like some, like I kind of put myself together for the day. And then the girls would have to yell when the light turned green and they were like two or three. <laughs> <laughs> you say, you make it fun like, okay, when the light turns green, say green beans go. <laughs> Which is where the family phrase green beans go Yeah, because right. Katie would yell, green beans go. It was Maddie. She, she misunderstood oh, was me. Yeah, like green beans go. She's like, I never understood that. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And I remember I told you this about taking it my final exam of my final advanced accounting class and they just would not cooperate they were just being toddlers full of it chasing both of them around the house you were not helpful that morning it was like (laughs) like angry teenager don't want to eat breakfast i'm late for school i don't really want to go Maddie and Katie are like, no, I'm not taking all my pajamas. No, I'm not putting that on. Finally, I get everybody wrangled, get my bowl of oatmeal in the car, get to the preschool, and then they have to stop and look at every single thing along the way. Look at that flower. Look at that pit. Look at that. Oh, oh my God. I'm like, oh, this my God, I'm so late for my test. And I got in, and there had been an error on the exam. And the professor dinged me by not and didn't tell me. He wouldn't tell me that there was a mistake on the exam because I was late. He was going to punish me. Because he had announced it to the class before you got there. Right. And, but you were like barely late. Barely right? late. Like barely. Like, like one or two minutes. <sighs> and so I worked it all out and then cried and cried and cried and oh. cried because I couldn't get the answer. And finally then he fessed up. I won't mention any names. What a dick. Yeah. And so that was like my last test of my last accounting class. It was like, of course. Of course. You like think it's going to be like, well, I've made it this far. I basically am walking in with the cap on, you know? Right. Right. But no, it's like, no, it's like pretty much the worst days of your, you know, college experience. We're going to get that. That's really what's emblematic of your degree and this experience, not like some great chill day where you like had time to, you know, go through the drive-thru for some coffee or something. It's like, 
uh, I'm not wearing, you know, the same colored shoes. Or, like, right, my hair exactly. looks really weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you. Oh, my gosh. The weirdest part a bit about being a non-trad student for me was that I would bust my butt to, like, pre- pre- bleh, present this professional appearance. I would wear professional attire to school. I remember. Yeah. Because I wanted to be seen as a professional. And so I would try and dress as professionally as possible. If I wore jeans, it was very rarely. I tried to really look the part. And I would be taking your sister's school to the to the preschool, which was right next door to the school of business. And invariably, they would be doing something goofy. And one of my professors that I was trying to impress would be, like, walking up. And there was this, like, huge disconnect for me between what I had at home, what I was doing at home, and like, you know, now we're making pudding, alligator one, alligator two, to to then doing advanced accounting, and like, trying to bridge that was just, oh, it was so hard, and I was always like, so cringy about trying to meld those two worlds, it was just rough, it's just hard. Identity is a hard thing, right? Yeah. Because that's really like taking, this has been your primary identity, or not even that, because... It was also just so precious. I mean, it was so vulnerable. Like, my little life was so vulnerable with you guys. And then to have it be exposed in this arena where I felt so competitive was just hard. Like, oh, you can't look at these sweet people. These are my sweet people. Mom is, like, sniffing a towel or something. She was like, ew, this towel's stinky. No. Well, she did go to her towel sniffing, you know, 1010 class as part of your... As part of that, yeah. Your general the, the, ed. the counting degree required. Yeah, they're like, you got... Hey, baby, you want to make it in this world? You got to sniff a lot of towels. All right. Moving on, my weird dodger. <sighs> okay, so we have just a few minutes left. Yes. This has been great. This has been great. I love you too. Give me a few, just practically, if someone gets an accounting degree, can they only do accounting? What are some few, what are a few positions you can get with an accounting degree that are in that field? Okay. Here's the joke. What do you call someone with an accounting degree who only has an undergraduate degree? A bookkeeper. A bookkeeper. Yeah. So people in the accounting world, you really do have to have a master's if you're going to do accounting okay otherwise you'll end up really just pretty much bookkeeping what does that mean that means that you will never be a cpa okay so i don't know if that's true or not but that was kind of what what is that practically like what does a bookkeeper do versus an accountant oh just um cutting checks payroll that sort of thing but you're never going to do audit or tax you're never going to do any of the more advanced functions you're not going to be a partner you're not going to you're just you have to have yeah. This is how I know I'm not going to be an accountant. All of that sounds terrible. I love that stuff. I know you do. You're like money person. You're like, it's not even that you want a lot of it. You just want to talk about it and move it around and make it make sense yeah, in really different ways. You know? you know I would shop at thrift stores and live in a single white trailer. <laughs> would do. do. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. A technical writing degree. What are some positions you can oh, get with a technical writing? writing? Technical writing degree is really fantastic because... Like, you can be the person that translates for all the nerds, like mm. engineers and accountants. Yeah. Yeah. So, you get a technical writing degree, but you're also an English head, so you can do general editing, general copy editing, general, 
all of those things. Plus tech writing, they teach you layout skills. I took a web design class. I've done that. So okay. it's, I think, a much broader degree than my accounting degree, honestly, in terms of positions that you could take. Plus you just learn really, really good communication skills, which will carry you miles. So. so this is interesting, you know, everybody, like, the joke is that, like, you get a liberal arts, liberal arts degree, and what do you do with it? And you're, like, a barista or, like, a bartender, right? But not true with a technical writing degree. You well, make some money. I don't think that's true even with an English degree. Okay, but... But, okay, the, I understand the in. joke. You understand yes. the joke. I do. I understand all the Garrison Keillor, you know, would you like fries with that kind of jokes. Yeah. But, well, and just, like, a lot of people I've known who... Right. And right. working at like Walmart. <laughs> yes, I know. It's just know. sad. So yeah. Um. So that that's a really that's a practical, useful degree that you can take all over in different fields. Yeah, I think it's a little more. Um. I, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not dissing any English majors, but I think it's perceived as being a little, um, more hardcore than just a standard English degree. Okay. Because, like, you really are focusing in on how to translate technical information right well austin will say in his job like engineers or people mechanics will know what they're talking about but they don't know how to write that down and communicate it to you and so yeah a technical writer can do that for you right right interesting yeah well mom i love you i love you too this has been a really great podcast and i'm really proud of you for doing this Mm, thanks you're welcome and I'm really proud of you for going back to school. And you know what? You don't have to if you don't want to. But if you want to, you should. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. I love you. I love you, too. Uh, if you have any follow-up questions for my super cool, rad, pretty, smart, educated mom, you can email me at you'll have that podcast at gmail.com. And I am positive she would talk to me again to answer any follow-ups. Absolutely. Yeah, we should come back. We should independently think of some of the funniest things that happened during that time because some funny stuff happened. Yes. And have like a highlights. We should. Yeah. <laughs> we should get my sisters on here, but they won't really remember. No. They'll be like, oh, we left a I lot of... three. Oh man, they used to steal like your ID and stuff all oh, the time. Oh, remember when we cleaned out their, their playroom and we found disgusting. like three sets of pumps, my lipstick, two of my IDs. And, like, God knows how many pencils and assignments of mine. Because they used to hoard that stuff. They would steal stuff out of my room, too. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I I, love you, Mom. I love you, too, sweetheart. Happy death, chickens, mental health, and non-trad student-ing. Well, not happy death. Bye. Regular death. Bye! Isn't my mom cute and wonderful and adorable and smart and insightful? I love her. Thank you, Mom, for coming on. That was It was nice to hear what you had to say and to spend that time with you. Um, if you guys have any follow-up questions for my mom, you can, you can email me at you'll have that podcast at gmail.com. And I'm sure she would at least, you know, send me some responses. She's a cool lady. I bet she'd be down. Hi, Mom. This week, I want to also thank Sherry for leaving me a five-star review on iTunes. Sherry. Here's a song about you that I'm making up as I go. Sherry, you shared with me a review. It was new. Five stars, we went far. Oh, Sherry. 
So if you want a really dumb, bad song about your name, please leave me, uh, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Yeah, it helps other people find the show and blah, 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 all that junk. Uh, yeah, last week I said, last week, ha, huh, last episode, I said I was going to give a plant away, but then so many more of my plants died. So I'd be giving away just a cup of dirt and you'd say, Emily, is this an invisible plant? I'd be like, yeah, it's an imagination plant. It grows future happiness and dreams, literal, like dreams for nighttime, not like plants for your future. You can't grow those. You have to put in the time, man. So... Yeah, and then you'd think I'm like a real hippie weirdo, so I'm just not going to give any away, but I hope you grow your own plants, and I'm so happy that you're here listening today. You can find out more about the podcast and, uh, you know, see what other plants I kill and talk about my chickens, so many eggs, by following the podcast on Instagram. You'll have that podcast. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy spending this time with you guys. I really love making this, so I hope you at least kind of like listening to it because that is a nice symbiotic relationship I can get into. All right. Goodbye, everyone. I love you so much. (laughs) 